This Greg Collins Substitute Teacher's Lounge. I take one day off. I start getting all these emails. My county is back in the red COVID-wise, and we're going back to virtual classes next week. Say it ain't so. go again we are back to virtual classes in my area beginning today this is november 9th 2020 we are back to virtual classes it's monday morning guys i hate it i will tell you that i actually like it better than split half and half but there's nothing like being in the classroom i'm going to talk about some things though a lot of you are virtual now Most of you that are virtual probably have always been virtual, and I'll tell you some of the ideas that I picked up doing both. First of all, though, I'm going to tell you something one of my students said to me this week, and I'm going to let you think a little while about what my response was, okay? We were talking about percents in math class. This was a sixth-grade class. I made the comment and then a joke. I said, this would calculate to 11%, the same percentage I had almost in all of my college classes. So then one of the students said, so that's why you're a substitute teacher instead of a teacher. How would you deal with that? I'll tell you how I dealt with it. Later in the show, I want to leave you in suspense a little while. We're back to virtual. You know, I don't like the remoteness. I'm not sure what your ideas have been with virtual, but let me tell you what I thought today's podcast was going to be about, and I was going to be excited about it. I had gotten, I briefly mentioned it in the last podcast, but more specifically, I have a seventh grade math class that is going to be able to participate in the Kahoot International Challenge. There's several sessions of, well, I shouldn't say several, there's three sessions of it, of which they accepted us and we're taking part in on Tuesday, which is November 10th, 2020, at 9 a.m. So I mentioned it to my principal. The principal loved it. She actually went out of her way to get some publicity together. Of course, we made sure we had all the proper approvals from parents. And believe it or not, I kind of got lucky because all parents had already signed approvals and we had them on file because the principal contacted our district education office. They were going to send a photographer out. We were contacting the local paper. We were going to make it a big publicity event that we were participating in a Kahoot challenge with students from over 30 different countries. It was going to be so cool. They were going to cover it. We were going to going to get to see international students on the screen while we were participating in the classroom. And now we're back to virtual. So I'm disappointed about that, but I am not going to let those kids down. So what we're actually going to do, we're going to have a Zoom class that day when it gets time for the contest, what I hope to have. And I know they are using a Microsoft 
product that is similar to Zoom. I think it's just called Microsoft Offices or Microsoft Rooms or something like that. That's how they're doing the Kahoot. That's how we were going to get to be able to see other other students just like it was in a Zoom situation and how the newspapers were going to be able to film that right there. I should say film videotape it right there while they were in the room. So it was going to be a lot of fun. Here's what I hope happens. I hope that I can set up my normal Zoom meeting with my students instead of having them in the classroom. We'll see their darling little faces on my screen, which is projected up on the board. I should say up on the board. I'm still going back to the classroom. Up on my computer screen. Then when Kahoot comes in and starts their contest, what I will do, and I'll be recording the meeting, what I will do is share my screen. So in my mind right now, all that will work. I will be parts of two meetings, one Kahoot, one with my own students. I will share my screen that has the Microsoft meeting on it into my Zoom meeting so that the students at home can see it, take out their devices, or open up another tab on their computer and participate in the Kahoot Challenge. And then maybe, just maybe, we can get that recorded in our publicity people in the area can take some still shots of that or some video if they want to post it on their website and we can participate that way. So I'm disappointed. There are prizes for first prize. And I know a lot of my kids in there, they're all great kids. It's a it's probably my highest average GPA of any class I have. So they're all looking forward to that. And hopefully we'll be able to figure it out as we get to to Tuesday. Now, I don't know about you. I know you've already picked up on my personality. I'm a kind of guy that never stops talking and never stops joking with those students. Listen, guys, if you're virtual, if you're going back to virtual, if you expect to do it here soon, joke around with those kids. They don't like to have a virtual experience that is serious the whole time. Joke around with, I mean, look, go to a joke book. Look up some jokes and put your own name in there if you have to. Keep ways, you know, come up with ways to keep those students loose and having fun in class. It's as stressful on them, maybe even more so than it is on us to try to teach in that situation. So, Figure out ways to have a good time with that virtual class. That'd be my first suggestion. I've already got some goofy stuff I've got planned for the first day of class. I'm actually going to teach them some things too. So we'll see how that goes, but that's going to, that's starting today. The remoteness of that. I, I would like to have everybody in the class, all my students in the classroom. My second choice would be everybody virtual, the way we're going back. The part I did hate, I shouldn't say hate, that's too strong a word, that I very strongly disliked is when we had split classes. We had half of the students on the computer screen through Zoom. We had the other half in the classroom. They could actually talk each other to each other. If my classroom students spoke up, They could be heard through the microphone. The people could hear them at home. They could actually talk to each other. What I found, especially it seemed like where it was most graphic 
was the computer applications class. I was teaching them how to computer code, and the students in the classroom were getting it. The ones at home, they just weren't getting it. it. If you didn't have somebody to walk around and show you the details, it wasn't working. I teach math, too. It's a lot of the same things. I have questions all the time that I will walk around look over their shoulder, not touch them, of course, but look over their shoulder and say, why don't you you see how this goes with this and explain the problem, wait until the light bulb goes on. I just can't do that virtually. Even if they ask me a question virtually and I share my screen, it is just not the same. So if I can't have them in the classroom, I would like to have them all at home. I always make the suggestion, I'm going to have to insist when we do the Kahoot Challenge, but I would suggest that you strongly say to them, I want to see, it's better if we can interact and see each other's faces. I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing their smiles again because I don't get to do much of that in the classroom. They've always got a mask on their face, so I miss seeing their smiles. I even commented the other day when we were having lunch that, I miss seeing some of their smiles that I see during lunchtime. It's kind of funny. It's 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 funny how we interact differently when we can meet people face to face. So that's the optimum. One thing that we struggle with is handouts. I was reluctant to do handouts anyway. I, I backed off that a little bit. We are currently in our seventh grade math class in a a subject. It basically has to do if you're familiar with it with like objects and corresponding angles and sides and nested triangles. What a mess that sounds like, right? But that is something that just naturally lends itself to handouts. So I wasn't there Friday to even try to get to my students and give them handouts, but I'm almost glad that I wasn't because here's what I plan to do. And I just stumbled across this, but I do know most of the students are already aware that this is an option. When you put a a document, a Google document, a Google slide, whatever you're using, many times, especially with handouts, if we've got our handout saved to a Google Drive, and I know especially if it, if it is, is a Word-type document, they can open that document, and at first it appears. That when I say open it, I mean they open it on the on their on their computer from their Google Classroom. It's an attachment that you've set up as an assignment. Normally, one of the things that happens when they open that up, it says at the top, "Do you want to open with Google Docs?" Well, right now, until they do that, all they can do is look at it. They can't type anything in it, so. Some of the things that they wanted to answer right on that sheet, they couldn't do. So if you have them save it or open it with Google Docs and save it that way, it turns it into a document onto which they can enter their information. Now, I'll be honest, I still like the paper by the side. Do your problem on the paper by the side. I like that better. But at least this gives them a way that they can type on the paper if they want to. Give them as many different options as we possibly can. So that's one thing you can do to survive the handout situation when you're virtual. I also try to find videos for them to watch. And I'm going to talk about something I've discovered while teaching virtually. It's funny. I had 
I've, I've briefly mentioned this before, but I want to be very specific because if you're teaching virtually through Zoom, you will probably encounter this. I have about, it's probably at the most 22 students at a time that's in the Zoom meeting. Most of the time, it's closer to 15 or 16 at smaller classes until I get to related arts. But what I wanted to say is just, you know, when you share your screen for the first time that session, you've get, you get you get two options in the lower left. One of them is click to share audio. You need to click that or they won't be able to hear an audio anytime you're playing a video. They will only be able to see the video. The other one is a box that is referred to in your Zoom meeting as optimize screen sharing for video clip. And that always seemed like a good thing to do for me. The reason I wanted them to have the best quality video that they could while they were watching it. But what I noticed is this. When you click that, it apparently takes more bandwidth. So I had students at home that weren't seeing the video at all. They were just hearing it. And, you know, I'm trying to blame it on their Internet connection. But they said, Mr. Collins, we can actually see videos with our other teachers. So I had one student come in on a Zoom meeting just to practice this. And I found out, sure enough, when I unchecked that box and did not optimize the video, he could see it. So keep that in mind. If you're having some students not see one of your videos and some can, that's a strong possibility that that's a reason. So do not optimize your video. So you're going to click the box for sharing your computer sound, but you do not want to optimize that video because that leaves some of your home internet students out. The other big thing, and I learned this as I went along, you really need to start a Zoom meeting by yourself and practice using that annotator, okay? The annotator is a beautiful tool. There is a whiteboard when you share your screen. It's got annotation on it. Now, it's in different places based on your device configuration. Sometimes it's at the top for me. Sometimes it's at the bottom and it's hidden until you scroll in that direction. So there's all kinds of cool tools. You can write really thin lines. You can write lines as thick as a highlighter. I did something in between when I actually pulled up some graph paper. I'll talk about that here in just a moment. But on the whiteboard itself, you can write on it just like it's a whiteboard. There's an eraser that you can erase an individual item. Now, I would caution you on that eraser. That is a can be a tedious process. If you're erasing several things, I would encourage you, if you need to erase the whole board, is to actually stop sharing your screen and then go back into it and then start annotating again. That's the easiest way that I have found to get rid of objects. 
I'm not going to recommend any other annotator other than what's in your Zoom. There are others out there that I know others people like better. I, you know, try them out. See how you like them. So there's an annotator device on Zoom. It will, there is also, it's not just on the whiteboard either. If you're sharing a tab on your screen and, and scroll up to the annotator features, for instance, I was talking about sharing Word documents. This particular one was math problems on which they might see a rectangle or in this case, I think since we're studying nested triangles, it's going to be a couple of triangles, one embedded in the other. And it's really nice if I can say, all right, you see this side? Now, I could I could swirl my cursor around it and show them that way, but there's nothing like taking an annotator pen and being able to draw the side that I'm referring to. So, Really good features, but, you know, I looked like a total doofus when I first started using them. I think I'll do a little practice session before I do it for the first time. And I'm actually recording this on Sunday, so I don't want to be deceptive. So I've got some time today to practice with that annotator again, how to draw, how to maybe even write problems, formulas. We've got some formulas we have to solve on Monday as well. So I'll do that. And that is a really neat tool. You really need to get in there and use that. They do not. They are much more visually oriented. They don't want you to lecture them the whole time on a Zoom class or, let's face it, in the classroom either for that matter. I have found even in the classroom, when I write things up on the whiteboard and they take notes, it's a, I get a lot more receptive than I do if I just flash notes up and let them write it and I don't say a thing. I, I They can... They can see me reacting to the notes I'm writing. They can see what I'm really drawing emphasis to when I do it that way. And the same way for virtual classes. If I'm writing notes and then they're taking the notes as I'm writing them, it just goes over better. I might tap my pen a couple of times on specific notes and even say, guys, you're going to see this specifically on a test just like this. Well, you know, that's the fair thing to do, to let them know that's coming. Let them know to write that down and be ready for that on a test. And then one thing that I really had to bring them out of their shell on, because, you know, when you're at your own home, it's a bit of a safe haven. You know, if they want to, they could turn their screen off. I try to get them to turn it on. You know, maybe I need to start giving bonus points. I know teachers don't like to get give bonus points for things that aren't related to class, but who knows. But get them to turn it on. I interact with them in a couple of ways. I'll ask them questions specifically. If I'm sharing my screen, I can. they can always blame their internet for not working. And if they do, I'll say, all right, write your answer on your paper and hold it up to, your, to the camera you're using so they can't get off so easily. And then I'll also have competitions that way. I will have them... Maybe I'll ask them to challenge another student on a problem, and then they both open their microphones. I write the problem on the whiteboard, and first one to get it finished, you know, is the one that gets to pick the next 
child or maybe I promise them candy when they get back in the classroom and they concentrate more like that. If they know a question like that's coming, they will pay more attention because they don't want to be embarrassed in front of their friends. So we do a lot of things like that. You can still do a lot of classroom stuff on a virtual screen to make it interesting. So I would encourage you to do that a lot interact with them as much as you possibly can can so you've got the whiteboard you've got ways to share handouts you've got ways to write annotate as you're going that's some of the things you can do when you're back in that virtual classroom one thing that i am concerned with we just finished the kentucky state volleyball tournament here i got to work clock during the semis and the final game i will say congratulations to the notre dame girls in our area in kentucky that won the tournament it was a great five set match probably if not the best match i've ever seen it was certainly up there you had everything all the matches were close there was one match or one set i should say within the match that got lopsided, and then the other team actually came back and won. So really a lot of excitement, a lot of good volleyball there. I'm concerned about our middle school girls because the district I'm in, they're just now getting ready to start their season. So since we're back in that red status, I'm not sure what that's going to do to our schedule. But, you know, we've talked about all the specific things we can do to make that virtual classroom better, but whatever you can come up with to keep up their spirits, they're not going to be able to participate in things as they as they have been. I mean, my kids, actually, they just looked forward to lunch because it was kind of a break, and they get to put their masks down, and I would go, we called it flex period, so I might run through something quickly with them that they wanted us to cover that day in flex class. Then I would take them outside for a mask break, and they enjoyed that. They're going to miss that. They're going to be more comfortable at home, I guess, but they're going to miss doing all that, and I'm going to miss doing it with them too. So that's just a few ideas. You know, keep their spirits up. I will say now, you know, I mentioned at the beginning the joke that the student made with me where he said, you know, when I told him I had 11% in college classes, I said that as a joke. And he said, so that's why you're a substitute teacher. I'll be honest with that. I thought it was pretty clever. Now, I'm one of those. Some of you are not going to like that I did this, but I didn't get mad at all. I actually awarded him with a piece of candy for doing that because I said that might be the most clever line I've heard from a student this year. They know that I want them to joke around with me, and they love that, guys. They also know that as I get to know them, I will be more sarcastic in my humor with them. I even, there's there's one guy in class that I joke around with a lot, and he takes it so well. I finally asked him one day, I said, man, do I joke around with you, you too much? It, it, does that make you feel bad if I say stuff like that too often? He said, no, man, I like it. It lets you know that you're, you know, it lets me know that, that you're willing to talk to all of us and joke around with us. I have not run into a student yet that when I make a sarcastic joke with them, that they get upset. 
maybe on the first day I have them, but after a while, they are joking back with me. So I did not consider that comment rude. The the student was laughing when he said it. The whole class laughed. They looked at me. They knew. I'm pretty sure that nobody in that class thought I was going to get mad, and I'm glad for that. And I would encourage you, find you may, maybe that's not your cup of tea, but find your ways to keep those kids loose. You know, we might have over half the students in the country now still in a virtual status. Every student in our county is that way. So find ways to pick that up. I hope we gave you some good ideas today on how to make your virtual class better. I hope that... You know, right now they're saying our situation, we're going to be doing this this week. I can't imagine us not doing it longer than that. If I was a betting man, I would say, you know, we probably are going to be out until Christmas. But I don't know. I would tell you, I guess you know by now that we have a new president. Listen, guys, even if it's not the person you voted for, support our president. Let's try to get to a situation where we treat each other with respect. I know from the last, you know, debate they had, they didn't really treat each other with respect. Let's try to treat each other with respect. And who knows, maybe our new president has some ideas that we're not even aware of. So, Let's do our best to support that office. Be nice to your kids if you're virtual. Treat them with respect. Joke around with them. Let them know you're happy to see them. And hopefully we can get back into the classroom soon. I will see you next week on Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.